This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the family with... Co-host Catherine Brandt. Hackmaster Ralph W. Basham, MD. Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen. And Andy Brandt-Bernard. And of course, the lovely and talented Kristen Burt will join us right after this with the family. Walls Around Motor Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking. So when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle. It is, And it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. (laughs) So, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. So we're working on things really, really hard, trying to make the world a better place. And one of the things we can do is demand that Kristen Bird is less white than she is now. So get to work on it, sister. I'm working hard. How are you? Not we're doing extremely well. We just look, we're just kind of watching as the entire world goes crazy with their psychotic ideas. Man, the world's nuts right now, isn't it? You know what, I, here in L.A., um, everyone's going crazy for the vaccine. Everyone's trying to find ways to get it. That's when, <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a limited supply, but um, everyone is, they're called vaccine chasers or vaccine scavengers. Oh, God. So they're trying to get the leftovers, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, away. God. Oh. Sounds like the plot of a dystopian horror movie. Yeah. The vaccine <laughs> chasers. Vaccine scavengers. we got to get that ambrosia right. or else. 
our new FEMA site opened this weekend, and on Saturday night, they accidentally um, thought out 300 additional doses that obviously was accidental. They overcounted. And so mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden at like 8 p.m., there was like a flurry of people like freaking out trying to get downtown in order to get the 300 doses that were available. I didn't get one, but I'm just saying it's really interesting how people, but I just think it's a, it's, it's really showing you how tired people are of the pandemic at this point and that they're kind of over it. Yeah. And LA's been hit very, very hard. And obviously we want to get the most vulnerable vaccinated, but you also don't want to waste those that. You know, if it's at 8 p.m. at night and they're going to have to throw them away in three hours, people are like, I'll take it. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that. That's, yeah, you should be, you, there should be, a, there should be a waiting list outside all of the places giving the dose. And if someone doesn't show up, you got your dose. You should be able to just have a waiting list outside. You better wake up, yeah. wait outside in your yeah. car. I've actually yeah. got a story yeah. that bridges both Dad's point and Kristen's point. Oh, boy. So there was a doctor who was giving out the vaccine. And at the end of the day, there was still several doses left because, you know, each vial has multiple doses. So you thaw, thaw out the vial. Right. If you're only giving right. one dose, then you've got a whole bunch of doses left that are just going to go to waste. Mm-hmm. So what he did is he wrote down that he was going to give it out to people rather than waste it. So he, he didn't steal it. He wrote it down. He put it into the official uh, channels and he brought it home. And he administered the doses that otherwise would have been thrown in the garbage to uh, people in the neighborhood. And the clinic that he worked for got mad at him. He was an Eastern Indian man. Okay. And they got mad oh, at yeah, him. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yep. They I know got who mad you're at about. him for giving the dose to too many Eastern Indians. <laughs> Not a diverse <laughs> enough group. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. He said, are you saying... He was fired, I believe. Was, I, I, yeah. I, at last I heard he was fired. And he was out of, and I want to say it was a Washington, D.C. hospital, if I'm correct. Yeah. You guys can correct me. Oh, but, uh, he said, are you saying I gave it to too many Indians? And they said, yep. What? The See, group that you the gave it thing. to wasn't diverse enough. <laughs> but yet, well, and, oh, God. That's a horrible argument, because I will say uh. here in Los Angeles, marginalized communities aren't getting it fast enough like beverly hills is getting it very easily because they understand technology they have access and then um you know downtown which is where they put the fema site in order to you know allow some of the marginalized communities to gain access aren't signing up this quickly because a lot of them don't have access to computers or understand technology and um so if i would sit there and say a bunch of eastern you know indian community members were able to get the vaccine i'd be like bravo this is great well, that's not a diverse enough group, unfortunately. <laughs> nope, sorry, you're out. No question about it. I, I just, I am so sick to death of everything being based on skin, skin color. I can't even take it anymore. Mm-hmm. I really can't. Everything's about skin color that's now. All anyone cares I thought we about. got away from that. My, you know, when I was a kid born in 1951, there's probably a lot of racism in the world still, obviously, around the world. Not that there isn't any now, but not to the level it was, you know, 60 years ago. 65 years ago, but I thought we finally got past this and we didn't care about anyone's... Where I grew up, there were people of all skin colors and we all got along fine. I don't know what the hell the problem is. It makes... We were all poor people, so we all got along. But I can tell you, look, in Hollywood, we're seeing... I mean, like, if anyone is following the saga with The Bachelor, you are seeing that there's been long, deeply seated issues with The Bachelor at itself as a series 
even outside of race, it's pretty misogynistic if you watch it. But, um, no. You know, there's just a lot of issues with it. And we're really finally seeing, they're like, okay, great, we're going to make this the most diverse season ever. We're going to have a black bachelor. And then everything goes to hell in a handbasket really quickly. And ABC is now scrambling, going, wait, how do we even try and save this season? Um, right. They're like, we, we hired a diversity coordinator, and they still can't get it right. And so th- there's really a reckoning of trying to understand um, <laughs> how you can represent everyone um, without oh racism coming into play here, because you have, uh, spoiler alert, everyone block your ears if you don't want to know who wins. But the winner is the girl who went to a Confederate party an old South party just a couple years ago, yeah. which is not a great yeah. look. So the black guy picked the Confederate girl. Yes, and he had no knowledge, of course, of oh. anything. And that is that is <laughs> in the end, it's not on him. That in the end, that is on casting, <sighs> which should be doing the research before they even cast these contestants. Going, do we see any seeds of racism in this person's background? Um, and listen, if viewers are able to find this in you know a, a matter of like a couple weeks that she's on the show, what's happening behind the scenes? Where are they failing right. um, to do the work? Well, to be fair, once you're on season 174, you probably start oh to coast God. a little. Seriously. I'm probably but, true, yeah. I mean, God, how If you're going to sit there and say this is the most diverse season and this is like, we've got we've got this figured out, you can't be bragging them like one thing and then all of a sudden have the whole thing fall apart, you know, midway through the season. So it's is, it, is the counter show still on? The uh, Bachelorette. The Bachelorette. So the Bachelorette has wrapped. Um, the Bachelor is now on and has a couple more weeks. Um, Chris Harrison pre-taped the entire season, but he will not be appearing on after the final rose. They're still they haven't announced yet who's going to be taking his place. He's on a temporary leave of absence. Um, based yeah. off of he, he had a, a pretty inflammatory interview with the first Black Bachelorette, who now works for Extra, um, about. Matt James and Rachel Kirkinell, who was the one who was t- attending Old South parties uh, just a couple years ago. Oh, but the Bachelorette is still being uh, uh, produced and it's made. Still being produced, and, and they're hoping they were hoping to do uh, start filming in a couple of weeks, but because of the Chris Harrison issue, they've just kind of taken a pause on production. They don't know if they're going to allow him to move forward or if they're going to bring forward one of the other bachelor uh, former contestants who's moved into hosting to take over for a while um, because ABC is freaking out right about now and I will tell you that this will carry over into all of their other reality shows too and how they handle this that's how uh, Dances with the Stars has its own sort of issues too that I think they're going to have to take a look at I um you know I talked about this uh on the morning show a little bit because every time I hear one of these kind of stories, I still and I'm going to keep asking this until I get an answer from somebody on that side of the the ball. Thirty five years ago, the KQ Morning Show had an Asian woman leading into it, two black men, two Jews, a woman had the second biggest role on the show. It could not have been more diverse than it was. We had a Native American woman that called in uh, news stories and all the rest of it. We had one of every group. Where were the, all these people then? When we did all those things 30, 35 years ago, where, where were they going, hey, man, that's how the world should look right there? Right? Yeah. Does it look like that where now were, on the Casey Morning Show, though? Well, there's nobody left now, unfortunately. Because <laughs> I know. 
And radio, radio 30 years ago versus radio now is a very different business, too. Very, very different business. But, no, a couple of the original people are there. We have a young woman. Uh, we have a nice Jewish boy in Tony. There's no question. Uh, we have Tevin Pittman, who's a, a nice, nice enough guy for, you know, for Tevin Pittman. He's on the morning no, but, show? Uh, no, well, he was. He used to come in a lot, but he's on this show, too, and that's the other thing. Where were all these people going, you know what, that show's got this down. They've got a lot of diversity. They've got different opinions. They have some people come from a, you know upper crust family, some people, poor people. We had it all covered 30, 35 years ago, and nobody gave a rat's ass. Well, diversity so isn't I have a hard about time. diversity. It's about controlling you by saying things that make you defensive. I think, too, people want their voices heard. And I think that that, like, if you were doing it 30, 35 years ago, that's incredible. It's not being done enough. I can speak from the Hollywood side. It's not being done enough. We can certainly point to people who are doing it great and doing it wonderful. Um, You look at a Shonda Rhimes show, and you don't sit there and watch Bridgerton and go, oh, this role was supposed to be for a black person. This role was supposed to be for a white person. She just cast the right person for the role, and she's doing a great job at it. Because you take a look, and you're like, everybody's represented very well on her shows, and she's done it with Grey's Anatomy for over a decade. Um, But she's also made a point to make sure that there are people even behind the scenes that that there's women um, in positions of power, which often doesn't happen in the crew, and then also making sure that there are BIPOC um, people on the crew, because you can go, great, we hired a bunch of white women behind the crew, but if you're not hiring black women and Latin women, they don't get the same opportunities. And I I see it firsthand, um, even in journalism, who they hire and and why they hire. There are implicit biases. I think that that's the one thing. Um, But if you were doing it 35 years ago, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be problems with the whole issue because if you're going to try to be as diverse as possible, you're going to end up with people like Joy Reid, who might be the worst news person I've ever seen. There is nobody on TV more hateful than that woman. Joy oh, Reed. my God, she hates everybody. Good God. Oh, MSNBC, well, of course. Yeah. Uh, CNN, too, I think. Or is she only on MSNBC? I think she is just but, on I mean, MS for on regular. How about anyway. you watch none of them? Well, yeah, for yeah. real. Yeah, huh, yeah I agree. I how about none of them? I don't watch Fox. I don't watch CNN. No. I don't watch MSNBC. I don't blame you. I like to look at, like, you know, the real neutral, like, AP News, Reuters. Um, BBC is a good one. You can take a look at Al Jazeera. You get a real global perspective of what's happening without any of the implicit bias on either side. And it, it makes life a lot easier to just really see what's happening. We have to take a break, but we'll be right back. Kristen Burt with us and the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, a lot of people have heard us talk about community banking over the years. We've been doing these commercials. What makes working with a community bank so different for your customers? Our business banking customers honor us by sharing how we're able to help them on any new project, how we're able to quickly get them the funding they need when others in town can't do it. We do it by taking the time to get to know our customers and the challenges they face. When your business banks with us, you are not just another account number. One thing I've always admired about North American Banking Company is how your team treats not only me, but my friends and family that bank with you so respectfully. Tommy, thanks for making me look good, like my team does. As you know, I have a face for radio. We yes, take you do. <laughs> We take pride in doing the right thing for all our customers and the communities we work and live. 
That's what we mean about being a community bank. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Dan Chesky is here from Dan's Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Hey, Andy, you're going to cheer people up too much with this music. What are you doing? Andy's in his feelings today. <laughs> exactly. He's feeling it. He's feeling the world today, ladies and gentlemen. Aww. So I, I don't know. It, are things going to... Uh, what are you going to do about this Gavin Newsom thing in California, Kristen? <laughs> I think he's getting recalled. I was listening last night uh, to yep. the radio... And he's at, I want to say they're at about 1.8 million signatures at this point. And yep. they only needed to get to 1.5. Now, they have to certify all of these signatures to make sure they're legitimate, totally understandable. Um, but they were saying, listen, they still have a few more weeks to go. They're hoping to get to 2 million. And they know that if they have a half million, you know, sort of buffer in there for the signatures, they know that they will qualify and get this recount going, recall going. So they are going to recall. Do you think you'll get booted out of office? It's entirely possible. And I think one of the most interesting yeah. things in the report that I listened to was on KFI, by the way. Um, I listened to John and Ken. And, but what I thought was really interesting is that they were, um, I think LA Times did a report and they're saying this is not a Republican or QAnon-driven mission at this point. They're hearing from a lot of small business owners in, in California who have been affected by the pandemic and his closures. And they were very frustrated. Again, we keep coming back to that French laundry situation where he went and dined and indoor dining, and, you know, and everyone else has to follow by these other rules. But they were also, um, they said about 25% of the Democrats are also driving this recall as well. So they yeah, are very frustrated. Yep. It's not just like, hey, this is, you know, a red issue or this is, you know, an independent issue. They're saying even about 56% of independent voters who typically re- lean left in California are also supporting the recall. People are fed up. Yeah, New York, they're fed up. Uh, Texas, he's going to have to answer for not being ready for that weather. Oh. Uh, you know, you got Newsom. He's uh, he's a disaster. What a spoiled... Br- Is he really married to George Soros' daughter? Is that true? I don't believe so. Oh, Gavin Newsom? Jennifer Newsom? No, I don't That's think what I was told. Let's see here. She was a filmmaker uh, in Los Angeles um, and did a lot of, like, she really uh, does a lot of uh, documentaries on feminism and things like that, and that's how she gained her name, but 
I don't believe she's so I've never heard that before. What do you got, Andy? Uh Jennifer Siebel Newsom. Let's see here. Who was she? She was born to an investment manager and some a museum co founder. Well, Curtin certainly could be the Soros family. He was an inv- that's how he made his money as an investment manager. Yeah. Well, it's, it was a guy named that's Kenneth. How he... Oh, What's Kenneth something. Kenneth Siebel. Yeah, that's Kenneth Siebel. Yeah, she's definitely no, not, not George, George Soros's daughter. I, I was going to say because George huge controversy if that was George Soros. I mean, we would have we would never hear that. We'd hear about it nonstop if that were the case. Well, plus the fact isn't George Soros about one hundred and forty? So his well, daughter could be a would be a granddaughter. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. That's true. It could be. I don't know. Who knows? All these families are all just filthy anyway. Ugh. Disgusting pigs. I think that was a little too harsh, going with disgusting pigs. <laughs> so, what do you think? What happens if he does get recalled? Who takes his... Who, they who steps up? They vote. They would have, have to vote. Have There's no... election. And, and so they're yep. saying, like, uh, we we're supposed to have a gubernatorial election in 2022. This will force um, an early election... And then it, we'll still have the 2022 election. So it'll force uh, an election either at the end of this year or early next year. And then we'll have a second election in November of 2022, which I think oh, is not God. a great idea. Um, no. But at the same time, I think it sends a message that, um, that hey, you know, like you just can't decide what's best for you and your businesses and family. There are a lot of small business owners that are on the struggle bus after a year of yeah. this pandemic and of course some of it is all out of everyone's control we, you know we had a horrible spread in uh the fall into the winter here in los angeles because we had a strain here that like spread like wildfire but at the same time i have no problem i'm not outdoor dining just because it's not for me however plenty of people are comfortable outdoor dining i think we could have left it open all fall and people would have been okay and safe um, whatever that they were comfortable with. But, you know, constantly opening and shutting salons and restaurants has been a disaster yeah. for us economically. And Yeah, Florida has had outdoor dining and, and indoor dining, limited capacity indoor dim- dining, but outdoor dining they've had since, I think, last May? And their mm-hmm. their numbers they're, are, are really low for deaths in the state compared to New York or California. Right. Well, everything right. is amazing. low compared to New York. It's one of the highest per well, capita places in the world. We have to remember, New York City, San Francisco, and Los Angeles are very dense when it comes to people. Yeah. Florida does have a little bit more room to spread out. Maybe Miami would be their, their most dense city. Um, so we are battling with something like that um, that would be a little bit different. However... I do think, like, the shutting down of outdoor restaurants is dumb. I honestly think, too, listen, I don't want to go to Disneyland, but if people want to go and spend money and keep people employed, you know, and do the social distancing that they're doing at Disney World on the East Coast, I think that they should be open, honestly. Well, if, if you look at the daily number of cases in the U.S., it's just it's plummeting. And the docs at Johns Hopkins are saying, hey, this is uh, we're over. We're done. We'll put a fork in this. We're going to be... Uh, would be herd immunity by May or April. Fantastic. I mean, the vaccines are obviously making a difference. Yeah. Oh, and our kids aren't in school either. So I know that right now there's a big fight between the teachers' union and, yeah, <laughs> the teachers' union and the government to try and get kids back in school, but the teachers want to be vaccinated first. And 
honestly, I don't have a problem with that. Like, let's get them in line. Let's get them vaccinated. Let's get the kids back to school. They can do it. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great way of looking at it. I don't know. Like, well, like I said, do we? Okay, not as a Californian, you, you have to you have to guide me down the right path here. You ready? Mm-hmm. Why do we have to pay for an underground railroad in Silicon Valley? <laughs> have they lost their minds? They lost their mind because nobody lives there anymore. Everybody moved to Austin, and they moved to Park City, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What the hell do I, I, they need with an underground railroad? They don't. I saw an amazing article Ugh. yesterday that people in Oakland, which has become a very um, thriving community because people couldn't afford to live in San Francisco anymore. Oakland right. has become more expensive than San Francisco, so people are migrating back <laughs> to San Francisco. Oh my God. <laughs> what a world. I believe that about 25% of the apartments in San Francisco right now are empty. So that's a huge number. Yeah. Because people are not going to go back to the office. I mean, some people are going to have to, but a lot of businesses and industries, we can work from home. You know, you can do a once a month or once a week meeting and can find communal space at like a WeWork or something and, and do it there. We don't need to be going into an office to sit next to like, you know, George and Sally every single day. I hated working in an office. I don't know about you guys, but it was probably one of my yeah. most miserable experiences. Because you have to put up well, with George and Sally. Freaking Sally. Well, this is what I found. This is what I found. First of all, it was an open office environment, and I got very little work done because uh, everyone was constantly bugging me. <laughs> and I'm like, I just need to get my work done. So I started arriving at work at 7 a.m., and I would leave at uh, 2 p.m. every single day. Um, and just like work through the day and I would get most of my work done between 7 and 10 a.m. And then I'd wait for people to get back to me with the project I had already sent to them. And I spent most of the day on the internet, like just cruising around social media. Otherwise, my time was spent in useless meetings. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, meetings are, they love meetings. And I had a boss too that, you know, oftentimes my work in particular, I'm required to be out in the field, like whether it's set visits, interviews, you know, special events, they would freak out if I was out of the office. And I'm like, I, if we want to get this interview. I need to leave here and I need to go to the location where the celebrity is that you're dying for us to interview. Well, so the, it, it was a very weird thing. The people in charge are very, uh, they're older and they have this office culture thing ingrained in them back before mm-hmm. cell phones existed. Um, when it was, it, Calling someone out of state cost you like five dollars a minute. You know, it made sense that everyone had to right. be in the same area so they could all talk and get things done. But it hasn't yeah. been that way in a long time. But people are definitely not good at uh, adapting with the times. So all of the CEOs and all of the upper managers—they're all—they all remember the '80s when the only way to get anything done was to be in the office. So mm-hmm. that's they want everyone to be in the office because that's just how it's done. Yep, you and know, now it's not. No, so it's we're not. Have to adapt. No. <laughs> I didn't even realize it till I listened to this conversation. But I am the Nostradamus of the United States because <laughs> I've been working from home for twenty-four years. Yeah. yeah, why see, wouldn't you? If you I can, saw, do I it. Saw the, all I do is see the future, Kristen. <laughs> That's all I do. Yeah, but you, you, you're you, a genie. 
You're like tall like you're Peter Bernard. Yeah, we got to get you. <laughs> we got to get you appropriate headdressing or some such thing, whatever. Or a hood. Oh, you got to get a turban. Yeah, the great Karnak. Yes. Yeah, get Ooh, that, that one. That headdressing. You guys, I, I just want to throw this out. I don't know if people know this, but the Johnny Carson episodes are on TV. Um, there yep. is, I think we talked about this, but Pluto TV has it. It is a free app. You have tons of channels. You can watch The Love Boat. You can watch Three's Company. You can watch The Carol Burnett Show. My husband and I spend hours doing this, and it's so much fun to see it's how phenomenal. Nice late night talk shows have changed. People used to just come on Johnny Carson to just talk, not promote a movie, not promote a product. Yep. Um, yep. And it was real conversation, and it was amazing. And I, I really encourage people just download Pluto TV on your Roku, your Apple TV, whatever you're using, and. Um, it's all free. You don't have to subscribe. It's, but it's hours of enjoyment. There's a there's an episode of, uh, of the Tonight Show where uh, both George Carlin uh, and uh, Richard Pryor are together. Oh, oh God! Man. I mean, just two geniuses uh, there. I mean, yep. it and, and they would have walk-ons. Uh, you know, if Frank Sinatra was you know two doors down doing some sort of a show, and they were they, they rapped early, he'd walk over, just walk on or Dean Martin, he'd just walk on stage. Yep. Yep. Well, remember That's that one amazing. comment by George Goble. You remember George Goble? Kristen, are you too young for George Goble? Too young for George Goble. I don't, I don't okay. know who it is either. He was a, George <laughs> Goble was an actor. He was kind of a bit player kind of guy, but very funny. He was on, uh, on The Tonight Show back in the day well, with Johnny Carson. And out from behind the curtain comes walking Dean Martin... Frank Sinatra and Bob Hope, all three of them walked out unannounced, just walked out on stage, and they sat down and started talking, and the first moment of silence, George Goebel looks at Johnny Carson and says, do you ever feel like the whole world's a tuxedo and you're a pair of brown shoes? <laughs> <laughs> what a great line. What a great so line. I'm a pair of Very, very funny line. But, it's you know, so, no politics uh, either. No politics no on that politics, show either. They never talk about it. about it. And, and I think, nope. too, like, the way that the studios used to run, again, like you were saying, like, if Frank Sinatra's down the hall, he's going to stop on by. I, a lot of people don't remember, but Carol Burnett and Cher, Funny and Cher show, they were both taped side by, at side-by-side studios at Television City. Mm-hmm. And in the middle was Bob Mackey because he was creating costumes and wardrobe for both of the women. But there was a lot of crossover between those two shows, and they were the great, beautiful, amazing variety shows that, you know, are kind of in their heyday. Yep. And all that yep. history is, you know, amazing. We don't see that same synergy anymore. Mm-mm. No, you're absolutely right. It, we got to take... Yeah, Kristen, you do it to us every week. Your hour just flies by. Typical. <laughs> we'll be right back. The last segment with Kristen right after this. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com because life is expensive enough. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. 
but number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, Kristen, I got to tell you something. Uh, for many, many years, KQRS is owned by the Disney Corporation. And uh, he couldn't have found better people to work for. If You you could call him up and go, yeah, I, you know, I got this promotion tonight. I need $50,000 to do it right. Okay. Honest <laughs> to God, whatever you needed, you got. But... Um, we're going to the Disney World with the four-year-old Fawny and the two-year-old Sage. A week from today, we're going to be down there, and I am so excited to go. Here's the deal, though. Now, Disneyland is still not open, right? Correct. It is closed. Other than um, the uh, Disney Springs, which is, you know, the outdoor dining yeah. and the shops right, are open. Right, right. But here's the deal. We're going to have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and six of the rest of us, six grown-ups, and it's 35% capacity. They're only open from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. This is going to be like being in heaven. It won't it's be packed at all. It's probably the best all. time to go. It probably Absolutely. is. Probably Tom, is. I want to know, exactly. are you going to get a Mickey Mouse mask? Because if you dun, are, dun, I need dun, photos. Dun. <laughs> I need photos, Tom. Oh, we'll deck them out in some ears, a mask, we'll, some shoes. Well, like a we'll send it to mask you. mask or a Donald Duck mask. Uh, there's, you know, you have to get a Disney mask if you're at Disney. Yes. All right. The kids I'll do have, it. The kids I'll do have it. the Minnie and Mickey mask to wear that I wear. Kids will look super cute. But yeah, I, think, I think Grandpa should have a matching mask to the little ones. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely I'm right. I'm sure Disney will have plenty of options. God, it's going to be. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I swear, I didn't even know what it's going to feel like to be able to walk around Disney without being just squished by all the people. It's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be pretty And great. you won't be squished by the strollers. Like, I used to get run over by strollers. Disneyland oh, yeah. is a lot smaller in terms of square footage. And I grew up oh, on yeah. the East Coast, so Disney World, I was so used to this nice, big, spread-out park. And then I'm like, what is right. this? <laughs> What's this thing? Yeah, exactly. What is this thing? It's nice to see the park that Walt Disney actually built, but yep. uh, there are yep. some downsides to it in that it's not. there's not a lot of land there. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? Why? I don't understand. Why aren't they open out there? That makes no sense to me. Talk to Gavin The state Newsom. won't let them open? Oh, so state won't let them open? Yes. No, Gavin oh my God. and Disney got into a huge fight. And in fact, 
Bob oh, Iger was originally on the, uh, let's call it like the coronavirus task force for California. Bob Iger right. got so angry that, that Newsom wouldn't allow the theme parks to open. And remember, we have a lot of theme parks here. We've got Magic Mountain. We've got Knott's Berry oh, Farm. Yeah. We've got Universal yeah, Studios. Uh, we Sea World. We have all of these incredible at uh, Legoland. There's so many. Um, Bob Iger got so mad. He's the chairman of Disney, just in case everyone didn't know. Um, he stepped down. He was like, you know, a big, you know, middle finger to him because he just got so angry. He's like, why can't we utilize some of the similar measures we're doing in Florida and do them here in California? Now, maybe right. because we are on a smaller footprint in Disneyland, maybe you have to do 20 or 25 percent capacity instead of 35 right. percent. But you're outside. If people want to spend money, you can recall a lot of the employees that were furloughed. I mean, there's so many. And, and all the supporting businesses, remember, the hotels and the restaurants in that area also would like to, you know, be able to make some money. That would be good. I could see that being a good idea. Well, I guess no the question, question is, it. you're at 25% capacity. Are you making enough money to cover the operating costs rather than just paying for, you know, mm-hmm. when it's shuttered, you're paying a lot less. You're still paying but you're paying less, so it might sure. actually be cheaper to stay shuttered. It's yeah. uh, Disneyland wanted to open. Disneyland wanted to open, huh. so it's Newsom that's keeping them shut down. And on top of this, they have, um, of course, they have the restaurants at Disney Springs, and the not all of them are Disney owned and operated, of course. But what right. Disney has done, if anyone's been to Disneyland in California Adventure, California Adventure has like a main kind of their own version of Main Street. And there's no rides or anything there. So they've expanded all of that and opened up different restaurants and carts and done some, like, food festivals just to keep people coming in and spending money because they, mm-hmm. they want to earn money. <laughs> and you've got to remember, too, Disney's been hit on the production side. They've been hit on the cruise line side. They've been hit, obviously, yeah. on the park side. The retail side, it hurts. So anything that they can get up to generate money, they're happy about yeah, I think it makes total sense. I, I just I just hope that Sage doesn't get this idea, because Fawny's old enough to remember, but Sage might get this idea that that's how Disneyland always is. So when we go again in a couple of years, he'll go, why is it so crowded in here? He won't remember. <laughs> you know? He won't remember the people and the busyness. He'll remember the rides. Yeah, probably and the, not. Like, probably the vomiting. That's the yeah. stuff. They <laughs> All the barfing. Hopefully Disney World is the great... Greatest place in the world when it's not crowded. When it's right. really crowded, it's just horrible. I mean, I can't stand it when it's really crowded. Yeah, I, it's much so true. much fun when it's not. Pretty much true, yeah, Catherine. Just, uh, and I, no. Oh, did you tell dad? Did you tell dad about the paper chain? Do you know about the paper chain? You you guys told me that Fawny is keeping a paper chain. She made a paper chain days, right? for the countdown to Disney World every morning. The first thing she does is go downstairs <laughs> and rips off one of the links in the paper chain and does I a count. Love it. And she's like, this is how many days until Disney? <laughs> she has all of the rides planned and she very wants to do certain it. rides with certain people. And it's a whole sure. thing. She really wants to do that movie thing that's by Soren that she went to with you two last year. Oh, yeah. Well, Dan yeah. and I rode Soren. She really wants to go back and do that with you two. What movie thing? What did There was like do? a Disney shorts thing that you guys watched right. while Dan and I went oh, on to Soren because there yeah. was no wait, and so we went mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, yeah, 
because you guys had gone yeah. on it when we were dur- like we went to nap, and she just talks about it so much. So she really wants you two to bring her and Sage back to the Disney <laughs> shorts video. At least she remembers that stuff. Oh yeah, well, and she's the got a good memory. and the dragon farting ride she wants to do with Andy. <laughs> oh, with Andy, I love it. Figment. What does that say about Andy? I told her actually that it was one of Andy's favorite rides when he was a kid. You're and the fun she, farting uncle. Yeah, I am yep. the, she, I'm yes. the mysterious uncle because she yeah. well she doesn't see me that often, and I don't right. I don't really treat her like a kid, and yeah. I think she thinks that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, true. One thing that I was wondering about so. The log flume is now a frozen ride? Yes. yes. That's correct. So yep. how did they make You'll a ride that's about warm water into a ride that's about frozen water? You ride it you just ride in the water on a thing and then you well, go but it's through water. little Shouldn't scenes it be gates. frozen? Well, no, because they build a bunch of ice around it. Yeah, there's ice yeah. around it, and then like mm, in yes. the fjords, well, it's you plastic can get in and water. plexiglass. It's not really well, ice. Yeah, Elsa's not really there, Andy. <laughs> well, she's not real. <laughs> well, that, that's not. another. Now you have that's to another thing. Poor Andy. Yeah, poor Andy. He doesn't know. You're right. People <laughs> complain about the fact that Disney hasn't had an original ride. In a long it's been time, a long they time. just keep redoing mm-hmm. rides and turning them into something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, how yeah, the, dare they? No, the flume into Frozen makes no sense. Yeah. No, it was it wasn't the flume. It was Malstrom, which was the Norwegian ride. Oh, Malstrom. It was all about yeah, trolls yeah, yeah, and stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. though. it's in Norway. Norway's cold. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of like where. That's a cool ride though, too. I'm sorry that it's frozen. Honestly. It is. Yeah, Maelstrom was super cool. I loved that ride. Yeah, and it's I liked the, it it's too. It's the exact same ride. Like you do the, the exact same all the stuff, but they just changed the scenes into Frozen. So the, the last yeah. time I was at Tomorrowland, everything at Tomorrowland had come to pass. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was so oh, <laughs> I was actually just talking, I think That's I not good. Forget who, I think it might have been you. We were talking about how you can control your oven by telling it what temperature yeah, we to talk- turn to. Yeah, we were right. talking about the It's like when that was made, that was like this completely crazy idea. Oh, you yeah. can talk to your oven, but the, yeah. there's like this the I think the most futuristic scene it has the kid playing video games, yeah. and the oven mishears him talking about the video game as a temperature, which is something that would right. happen today. Yeah, right. he's, he keeps yep. saying it numbers, would, yeah. and yeah, the keep... oven keeps going higher and higher. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But the people are clearly deaf, because the oven says, like, resetting temperature to yeah. 1,200 degrees. Like, and, like, up, nobody <laughs> even acknowledges that the oven said anything. It's like, focus up, people. Right. <laughs> It's all true, ladies and gentlemen. We're really looking forward to it. They're all fired up. The kids are all fired. Everybody's fired oh up. It's God. wonderful. Yeah, Sage and Dan got neat matching Nemo and Marlin t-shirts. Oh, oh God, he's got Marlin. They've got t-shirts that are matching. They're very excited. Oh, my God. It's very cute. <laughs> Here we go. Fawn's deciding See? what dress she's going to wear. And they both want to, I told them each they could get an outfit while we're there. Like they could get a shirt or a dress or whatever. And they're, yeah, really think, <clears throat> thinking about it. Okay, full disclosure here, Kristen. You ready? Yeah. We go to Disney World. And Alex is four years old and Andy's six years old. We go in the front gate. We're going down Main Street. And here comes Minnie Mouse. 
and Alex sees mm-hmm. Minnie, drops to her knees, and starts crying. <laughs> it was fun. She's real. It was phenomenal. Very emotional moment for me. It was a very emotional <laughs> yeah. moment. You would, you would run up to any character for a hug. Any yeah. character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I loved it when you used to be able to, the, the characters used to wander the park, and you could just mm-hmm. go and take pictures with them. They don't do that anymore. They don't? No. No, oh, no, wow. you have go, to have autograph lines. Yeah, you go. You have to go oh. to a certain yeah, to go area. But they used yeah. to just walk the park. And yep. we have old like videos yeah. of them mm-hmm. just like, hanging out, and you'd run right up to them and. Yeah, no. One of the fun. activities that we always did was we'd get one of those autograph books, and every time you saw a character, yeah. you had to get their autograph. And now you right. like you have to book character lunches yeah, or character dinners right. or go and see them. Oh, they have, yeah. 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 And I don't think that they're doing um, even autographs anymore. I'm not sure. I don't think COVID. this year they are, no. I know. Fawn yeah. keeps no she touching. Has, yeah, Fawn has an autograph book, and I'm like, I don't know if you can do it this year. No, it's a socially distant character. I yeah. think you see him from afar. Yeah. She, drew a, she drew a picture for Snow White <laughs> of Snow White and, like, this whole outdoor scene. And she's like, I'm going to bring this and give it to Snow White. And I'm like, I hope that she lets her give it to her. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe exactly. you can give it to the character handler or something. Yeah, and like, it. and then they can Here, have Snow White's handler spray it down with Lysol. <laughs> Snow White takes the piece of paper like it's an old diaper yeah, or something like, in one, uh, one finger. Uh, yeah, I know. You. I'm really hoping that they that they let her give Snow White the picture that she drew. She well, drew it like I mean, a week ago, and she the park oh. is for children, so they have to yeah. Have they have some to expect, sort of yeah. They have to have some yeah. sort of protocol in place for dealing with children because the kids are going to want to do what kids do. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for we could close the show today with a story for Ralph and for Kristen Burt. Kristen, you've been on the show now, what, eight years, nine years? How many, eight years? I think I've been around since 2012. I think that's what we decided. I so, it is, so it is nine years. <laughs> I think it's what we decided. Yeah. So I, think you were, I think you were on the very first year of this show. I really do. I believe so. I think we went back to and the archives and determined it was like fall of 2012, I think. Uh, let's see, episode 26, September 19th, 2012. There you so go. almost the oh very beginning. So we started in Almost the very beginning. August. August, yeah. Yep. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Just and I, by the way, I'm still working on that other thing. We are going to get that done eventually, but you know, the way COVID, oh, as soon as COVID's right. over, it's going to be a lot easier. Better. So be patient. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you this story because you've been working with Andy for nine years, and you know how he is. And Ralph, you've been there for the same amount of time, and even before that, being around Andy. True story. So Alex drops to her knees and cries when she sees Minnie Mouse. And then we go into the, uh, into the park, and we're having a great time. And Snow White walks up to us. And she says, hello, and blah, blah, blah. And she looks at six-year-old Andy and goes, oh, hi, what's your name, little boy? Andy. And he goes like this, too. He goes, Andy. Not, hey, my name's Andy. He just goes, Andy. She goes, well, Andy, do you have a favorite Disney character? He goes, yeah. Who's your favorite character? He goes, Pluto. She goes, oh, do you love Pluto because he's a dog? And he goes, he goes, no, I love Pluto because he doesn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's Andy 
right there. I was gonna say that's like it. me blase childhood. Me crying at me crying at the sight of Minnie is so me, and that is so Andy. Absolutely, that is so <laughs> Andy. <laughs> Was that the year I hulked out and ripped a bush out of the ground? Uh, yes. I used to hulk out. That was at SeaWorld. That was at SeaWorld. Yeah, manatee splashed you, and you decided that that was horrible and went yeah, and ripped I was, a yeah, I was like shrub six, up. seven years old, and I ripped a shrub out of the ground somehow. Out of the ground, <laughs> yep. Yeah. And by the way, do you remember, do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember that grown man who was coming after you, and I had to sta- step in front of him? No, I was only. Do you remember right that guy that mad at you? <laughs> He's like, "Hey there, Sonny, you can't do that." God, he was all pissed off, and I had to step in his way. He was going to go after you. I was like, "What are you doing?" Well, yeah. What are you going to so do? So listen. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So just remember that Alex crying and Andy saying he doesn't talk. That's just how it is. You know, that's life. I can't that's wait till they life. cry next. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. Exactly. Exactly. Kristen, come to uh, come to Disney World. You can be, you can be there by Tuesday. Like come so on. much fun. Well, let's go. You got nothing to do. Dirty stuff. I do, unfortunately. <laughs> I do, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to you in that. Well, we'll talk Not to you in two week. weeks, actually. Well, two weeks. Yeah, two yeah, weeks. We're Sounds out good, you guys. Week. Have a great time. Be safe. We will. Thank, Thank you. you. You bet. That'll do Bye. it. Bye. That'll do it with the family.